We know the very early church was composed mostly of domestic slaves. That's why the elite in the Roman Empire looked down upon the Christians. But even though they were slaves, they had the dignity of disciples because they knew that they were citizens of the kingdom. More citizens of the kingdom than they were citizens of the Roman Empire or worshippers of the emperor. One of the defining characteristics of the early Christians is that they would not offer sacrifices to the emperor because they said, Jesus is Lord, and I can't pretend that I don't believe that. The early Christian disciples were poor and they were simple, they were local, but they also had this global vision, this cosmic vision. They were part of this universal church that was still growing. This early period of discipleship in the history of the church came to an end when the church became established, when the emperor said, okay, all of you Christians, I'm not going to persecute you anymore. You're going to be part of my civil service. I'm going to give you privileges. I'm going to make it easy for you. You can build churches. You can set up your church organization. But you will work with me as well in the empire. Suddenly, the number of Christians increased dramatically. St. Ambrose said that the fishing boat of Peter is now filled with so many disciples, it's sinking. And so the idea of discipleship started to become diluted. It became more superficial, more social. And there were advantages of being a Christian for your career. And a reaction to this lower level of discipleship appeared very quickly in the monastic movement. The early monks who came, who settled in the uh, deserts of North Egypt in the 3rd and 4th, 5th centuries, they were not superheroes. They were lay people. They were simple Christians. They were living by the values of the gospel. Compassion, mercy, generosity, non-judgmentalism, refusing to defend yourself or to condemn others. And it was from this monastic movement, this early sort of renewed Christian discipleship, that we have our teaching on meditation. Meditation had been part of the life of the church from the very beginning. We can see it in the teaching of Jesus on prayer, when he tells us to go into our inner room, when he tells us to be silent, not to go babbling on like the pagans, who think the more they say, the more likely they are to be heard. When he tells us to lay aside your worries and anxieties at the time of prayer. When he tells us to set your mind on God's kingdom before everything else, to pay attention. And when he tells us to live in the present moment, not to be worrying about tomorrow all the time. This is his teaching on prayer, to go into your inner room. And these early Christian disciples of the desert lived this spirit of prayer as the essential way of living true discipleship. 
not just external discipleship, but the discipleship of the heart. What about today? What about discipleship for you and me? Well, we have a lot to learn from the past. Disciples are not perfect people. They are people who have fallen in love with Jesus and know that Jesus loves them even when they are unfaithful. They are people who try to live by the teaching of Jesus and follow his example because we can meet him continuously within our own being, within our own heart. But what about the challenges to discipleship today? One great disciple of Jesus of the last century was a German theologian, Lutheran, called Dietrich Bonhoeffer. And he spent the last year or so of his life in a German Nazi prison, and he was executed by the Nazis just before the end of the war. But in those last days in prison, he reflected deeply on the meaning of Christianity in the modern world and of Christian discipleship. One of his great books was called The Cost of Discipleship. And he warns us in the modern world to beware of what he calls cheap grace. Cheap grace is the mortal enemy of our church, he says. And our struggle today is for costly grace. Grace that costs us. What is cheap grace? It's the kind we give ourselves. It's the kind we get when we use the church to satisfy ourselves. It's grace without really following, without really being a disciple. It's the kind of cheap grace of the Christian who says, I'd like to stay as I am. I'm okay. Leave me alone. Don't ask me to grow. I'm just happy where I am. That's not the way of a disciple. The way of a disciple is to be growing. It is to be going deeper. The twelve apostles each gave their lives for their discipleship. And the cross is at the heart of Christian discipleship. Jesus tells us, you must lay down your life if you want to find it. You must leave yourself behind if you are going to find your true self. And this brings us to prayer again. Everything I've been saying so far leads us to prayer. So let's look now at how prayer, the prayer of the heart, meditation, or contemplative prayer, leads us into the true experience and meaning of discipleship. Why should it do that? Why should sitting still, sitting silent, and laying aside our thoughts, why should that bring us into discipleship? Because at the time of meditation, we are taking the attention of ourselves. We are leaving self behind. We are turning wholeheartedly to Christ dwelling within us. And we are 
allowing ourselves to experience his gaze towards us. And what we learn in every period of meditation, we live in our daily lives. As we take the attention of ourselves in the times of meditation, we learn to be more selfless, more generous, more loving in our daily lives. And we learn to how to live those essential values of the Christian life a little better. Because we understand them from within now. We've understood what poverty of spirit means. Meditation is about becoming poor in spirit. It's not just about relaxation, it's not mindfulness, it's not just about relaxing, feeling good, de-stressing. Those are all byproducts of meditation. They're not the purpose of meditation. The purpose of Christian meditation is that we should become a wholehearted disciple. Imperfect, but wholehearted. And that that becomes our way of life. How do we do that? Well, the way is a way of great simplicity. And it was those, that second generation of Christian disciples that we call the mothers and fathers of the desert, those early monks, who have given us this very simple method of the prayer of the heart that every one of us here can practice. It's not for an elite. It's not for the holy. It's for people like us. Christian meditation, as we practice it, is rooted in the teaching of Jesus on prayer and his teaching on discipleship. You can't separate them. We have to find Christ within if we are to be able to follow him in our daily lives. So what those early teachers of the desert gave us, and this is what John Main discovered, the founder of our community, he simply discovered or rediscovered this teaching, but he also recognized that it was of immense value to modern Christians like us who are trying to be disciples in a very different kind of world. A world of great distraction, of great materialism, of great consumerism, of great stress 